Hi, and welcome to Bad Decisions. The show that helps us understand why we choose what we choose. Why we think what we think. And how to exploit this stuff for fun and commercial gain. I'm Dr. Mel Weinberg. I'm a performance psychologist. And I'm Dan Monheit, co-founder of Hard Hat, a creative agency built for today. Hit it, cops. So I'm sitting on the couch last night, feeling pretty good about myself. I'd actually just had a salad and some chicken for dinner. Good for you. Thank you. And uh, just kind of gnawing at me, like in the back of my mind was this memory that in my freezer there was, I want to say a quarter, but it was probably more like a third. And by a third, I probably meant a half a tub of Ben and Jerry's uh, The Tonight Dough ice cream sitting in the freezer. I'm not sure if you're familiar with The Tonight Dough. Oh, I'm familiar. You're familiar? (laughs) It's got like basically everything you could ever want in an ice cream. You don't need to teach me about ice cream. Yeah, it's like peanut butter. I've got it. Yeah, okay, cool. I knew... I knew I wanted it. I knew it was going to be delicious and I, and I was really going to enjoy it if I just went and got it and started hoeing into it with a spoon. I try to use a teaspoon. I feel better about myself. It's true. But so I'm sitting there thinking today, or should I say tonight, Dan really, really wants to smash this ice cream. And I know tomorrow Dan is not going to be happy about it, but fuck tomorrow Dan. He'll work it out when tomorrow gets here. And as this was playing out in my mind, I realized this is actually a thing I seem to do to myself often. Help me, Dr. Mel, help me. Well, Dan, what I can tell you is that you are falling victim to another heuristic. Another heuristic. (laughs) And we happen to be recording. What were the chances? (laughs) Who would have thought? So what we're talking about here is temporal discounting. Temporal discounting. Temporal discounting, which is the idea that we tend to discount the value of things that are further away in time and overvalue things that we can have here and now. Mm-hmm. So your behaviour is reminding me of a famous experiment that is done with little children. Oh, this is this is shaping up great. <laughs> and you've probably seen it, and many of you might have heard of it. It's the marshmallow experiment. You yes, know the marshmallow experiment? I know the marshmallow experiment. So what happens is you've got a little kid, usually sort of you know anywhere between four and seven years old, sitting there at a table, and the researcher comes in and the researcher offers them a marshmallow. They place a marshmallow down on a plate in front of them and they say, hey, little kid... You can have the marshmallow now if you want, but if you wait 15 minutes, I'll come back into the room and if the marshmallow is still there, I'll give you another one and you can eat them both. I understand what they're trying to do here, but surely this flies in the face of not accepting candy from strangers. Yeah, you've got a point. But nevertheless, what we find is that, and what's what's really interesting to me about this is that when you actually watch it, you can see the pain and the anguish on the little kid's face as they struggle to make this decision between satisfying their emotional need right now, which is that, oh, my God, there's a marshmallow sitting in front of me and, God, I love marshmallows and I really want to eat it, or knowing that if I just wait, I can get two. And you really just see it play out on these kids' faces, and I'm sure it was playing out. On your face last night. Yeah, I mean, these kids are like picking up the marshmallows and just like, maybe if I just caress it a little bit, maybe if I just kind of smell it, if I smell the marshmallow. And I guess as we grow into adults, some of us grow into adults, we learn to be a bit less expressive about it. But like what you've just described and the anguish on these kids' face is exactly what I felt on the couch last night. That, you know, I was kind of, I was at this juncture. I could see both paths playing out ahead of me and objectively I knew which the right path was. And what did I say to the objectively right path? Fuck you, I'll sort it out tomorrow. So the thing for me about temporal discounting, which makes it really interesting as a heuristic compared to the others, is that when we've talked about most of the other heuristics, we emphasise this element of 
uncertainty and being drawn towards making the emotional decision at the moment. And then afterwards, we can think of what the more rational decision is. With temporal discounting, we actually have two options in front of us. We have the clear emotional choice and we have the more rational choice. And we have the opportunity to really have some certainty about what the rational choice is. And yet we still fall victim to making the emotional bad decision. Yeah, I mean, this is this is one of those ones where you're literally watching the car crash happen in real time. So you're standing there, you've got the dessert menu in front of you at a restaurant or the sneakers in front of you at a store and you literally can feel the little devil and the little angel on your shoulders telling you what to do. And you have this internal dialogue about, I know what's right, I know what I want to do, I know what I should do. And for some reason, over and over again, we seem to pick the right short-term thing knowing that it's probably the wrong medium to long-term thing. So one of the reasons that we do this and one of the theories that underlies it from a psychological perspective is the idea of unrealistic optimism. And a lot of people have probably heard of this as well, which is that if we actually are a mentally healthy person, we have this sense that everything is going to be okay in the future. In fact, we think more so that good things are more likely to happen to us than bad. And we just tend to think that everything's going to be okay. It's what drives our behavior now, thinking that we'll be okay in the future. And so you're sitting there with your tub of ice cream thinking, future dad will be just fine. He's not going to be this 150 kilo mammoth. No, no, he's going, to, he's going to work this out. He's going to exercise <laughs> like nobody's business. Because future Dan is awesome, right? He's, and, and unrealistically, so. Excuse not, me. Not future, future Dan's six pack is currently carving itself as we speak. And Future Dan's superannuation fund is also stacking up to the sky. So it's very easy to imagine good circumstances happening to Future Dan, so much so that we figure Future Dan's going to be fine, discount Future Dan because he's just going to be all right, and let's focus on what we can have here and now. Yeah, I guess that that makes sense. Like that That's one pretty good reason why we would prioritise the here and now over the future. I guess the other reason that feels like it would make sense is because historically having a future to worry about is a pretty pretty new thing. Like for a long part of our existence, life expectancy was around about 25, you know, so it would... Going back a long way. Going back yeah. a long way, but, you know, in the, in the context of the universe and evolution is a slow process, it makes sense that we would have evolved to prioritise the here and now because in the future, either everything's going to be sweet or we're going to be dead anyway, so what's the point? It's true, you, you could know? get attacked by a bear at any time. It's true, dead with a six-pack, dead with a keg, doesn't make a difference, dead anyway. <laughs> So what we find, though, and going back to the marshmallow experiment and what actually happened when they followed these, um, these kids up over time was that it turns out that the kids who are able to delay the gratification and actually hold out and wait till they could receive the two marshmallows turned out to do better um, than other kids on a whole bunch of different outcomes that are good for us. So in terms of health outcomes, in terms of wealth outcomes, in terms of everything that we think is good for us, the ability to, to delay gratification and resist the impulse to eat the marshmallow now played out much further down the track. So I, I guess what that means for us as just humans trying to get by in the world is if we can train ourselves to get better at foregoing instant gratification in the hope of some future bigger, better gratification, that's, that's going to work out pretty well. Is that a fair thing to say? I think that's the idea. And I think oh, I feel a parenting tip coming on. Cops, do we have any parenting tip music? <laughs> because drugs are bad. Okay. <laughs> That'll do. As parents, I mean, we decide what, what we teach our kids to value. And so, you know, looking at what happened with these kids in the marshmallow experiment, obviously we want our kids to be two marshmallow kids, not one marshmallow kid, even though they're doubling their calorific intake. But that's a whole separate issue. 
but you know, as parents teaching our kids what to value, it seems to me that it would make sense to teach kids to value things in the future and to value delaying gratification now for things in the future rather than to value getting whatever you want right here, right now. End parenting tip. So now that we have a pretty good understanding of what temporal discounting is and how it works, let's turn it into the practical side of things. All right. Awesome. So my, my time to shine, right? If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> Currently shining. So, I mean, there's, there's some really interesting implications in this for marketers. So the, the first and the easiest one to look at is if you happen to look after a product or a service that has short-term benefits for people, like is, is a short-term or impulsive type product, then absolutely lean into that, knowing that we are hardwired to prioritize benefits right here, right now over things in the future. Right, I was going to say, like if, if we have an emotional need that needs to be satisfied right now, yeah, yeah and you've got a product that can serve that need, service that need, go all out. Exactly. So if you've, got, if you've got a snack food designed for people who are hungry, you know, if I think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So somebody's trying to fill a, a bottom order need, get some food in their stomach, trying to talk to them about how this chocolate bar is going to help you help you self-actualize. It's going to be a tough battle, right? Instead, you should focus on something that it treats the here and now. And when you look at confectionery, you know, chocolate bars that have succeeded globally for long periods of time like this is exactly what they do you know snickers is my favorite example it's also one of my favorite chocolate bars but you know snickers really satisfies it's not talking to you about world peace it's not talking to you about sustainable farming it's not talking to you about you know saving for retirement it's like you are hungry now put this in your face you'll feel better so the contrast to this that I, and I think it makes me think about industries where this is particularly relevant, where the concept of time is really important to them. So things like insurance companies, superannuation companies, industries where the whole, everything, the product is all about the future and the future is uncertain. Understanding how temporal, temporal discounting works for the consumer is really important because you're trying to sell people on something that really is not of any instant need to them right now. Yeah, I mean, this is this is really tough. And a lot of the, the big industries that all of us work in are in exactly this space. And even within these industries, I think there's two categories. So you've got guys like banks and universities who often are selling something long term, but it's a positive. So it's like, well, you're going to, you know, pay off your house for 30 years, but then you're going to own it or you're going to come and study for four years. And then you're going to have this, this degree and this wonderful career ahead of you. But then you've also got guys like insurance companies who are not only selling long term things, but they're selling long term negative uncertain things like here's a product for you like don't spend $120 going out this month spend $120 protecting you in the future in case something really bad happens and you're going to need to go to the hospital or something like that and unrealistic optimism tells us that the chances of that happening to us are so slim anyway i don't go to hospitals that's for other people other people go to hospitals it'll never happen to me it's also worth sort of noting that we're actually so bad at falling victim to temporal discounting that we actually have to be protected from it by way of forced superannuation so we're so bad at actually putting money aside for our future that the government has actually forced us to do it yeah so We've seen some degree of that happen with health insurance as well, where the government basically penalizes you for not taking out health insurance. But even then, if you're in education or even if you are in health insurance, there are some things that you can do to help overcome temporal discounting. So, I mean, one of the things is to take a very, very hazy future state. You know, if you're a bank thinking about the home that somebody might own one day if they save enough or the holiday they might get to take and make it less hazy, make it more concrete, give people something firm that they can actually hook themselves onto 
because there's been some interesting studies that suggest that if we're trying to delay gratification for a known thing, we're much better at doing that than delaying gratification for an unknown thing. Yeah, so a good example is if you think about planning for a holiday and you think that people are actually willing to spend money on a holiday that might happen in the future. The outcome is fairly certain, right? Mm -hmm. A future holiday um, is going to be something that we can be pretty certain that we're going to enjoy as well. And what you find is that people are willing to do that because they know that not only do they get to enjoy the experience of purchasing a holiday, but they then get to enjoy the next three, four, five, six, twelve months of actually leading up. The anticipation of the holiday is often better than the enjoyment of the actual holiday itself. Absolutely. I think another really kind of cute example of this is some research done. I'm pretty sure it was Dan Ariely, one of my other giant man crushes. He's not giant. The, the crush is giant. Uh, but he did. A, I think he did did some research into you know if people had the opportunity to meet you know their celebrity crush, if they'd rather meet them this afternoon or if they'd rather meet them in three days' time. And most people would prefer to meet them in three days' time because it's a it's a fixed thing. You're going to get to meet them today or in three days' time. But if it's in three days' time, you also get to enjoy the anticipation and the lead up and you know thinking about it for that period, which adds to an overall greater happiness experience. So bottom line, anything that we can do to make something that is potentially uncertain in the future seem closer in time and more certain is going to benefit. Yeah. And I guess the other thing we can do as far as making things closer in time is to try and find interim goals that people can get. So if you're if your university selling education, you know, talking about your career you're going to have in 30 years is great, maybe, but talking about what you're going to know at the end of your first semester or what transfer options or, you know, further education options would be available to you at the end of your first year would also be great. Similarly, if you're, you know, a bank trying to chase down new customers, helping people understand, you know, if they sign up today, what do they get tonight? What benefits do they unlock? What status or rewards or offers can they have today to help satiate that need to get to a future benefit that may or may not arrive? You also see a lot of health insurance companies do this by bundling in rewards programs where even if you never actually claim on your health insurance, you can get discounted sneakers or, you know, entry into gyms and things like that just for signing up. All right, Mel, super quick summary. What did we learn today? Well, we learned that as a consumer, we're going to be highly vulnerable to making decisions that result in us receiving something right here, right now. Okay. But long term may not be in our best interest. And is there anything we can do about that? Well, there is... We can, if we are aware of it, then we can potentially train ourselves to delay reward uh, and resist that impulse. Or we can rely on the government to put in policies that force us to focus on the future rather than the here and now. Cool. I guess if we're selling stuff that is meant to fulfill short-term needs, then go pedal to the metal, hammer that wherever we can. If we're selling things that are more about long-term planning, long-term goals, we've got to find ways to make things less hazy, make them clearer, and also try and find some short-term interim goals or benefits that we can help people enjoy. Is that everything? I think so. All right. Hey, this is good. It was good. I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about temporal discounting. Yeah. I mean, it's about time. Um, oh, wow, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, was that a doctor joke? Was that, was that a psych joke? All right. If you guys have any questions for us, please find us on social media. Not just questions. What about feedback? Can we have, Feedback's can we have great. Feedback? Yeah, we love feedback. We love getting Only feedback. Only if it's good, though. If it's, if it's good, send it to me. And hey, keep listening. We have, we have so many more bad decisions to unpack, so make sure you come and check out the next episode. It's going to drop two weeks from now. See ya.
I think doctor jokes are worse than dad jokes. I think we're finished here. <laughs> <laughs>